Hi, welcome back to Amory, where it's our intention to spread more love into the world, one vulnerable conversation at a time. I love this conversation that Kyle and I had. We both got to geek out about um, two books that we're reading right now and share some personal experiences that we had uh, over the summer in Austin that were really, well, I'll speak for myself, that was, it was really profound for me. And those experiences really highlighted what I would call the domination paradigm and the partnership paradigm. And um, as you'll hear, we jump straight into quotes from two books that we're reading that we also invite you to read if you're interested. The first book is The Power of Partnership by Rianne Eisler. Um, that was a book that I quote from. And the book that Kyle quotes from is called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. So those both we plan on having discussions through our Patreon community. Uh, I'm going to timestamp this one because that discussion will be on November 24th, which is a Wednesday night, right before Thanksgiving if you live in the U.S., but November 24th from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And again, that will be for our patrons to join this conversation, I think starting at the $10 a month level. We would love to hear your thoughts. Um, there's a lot of overlap between polyamory and the things that we learn around consent, around communicating, understanding our wants and needs, communicating those with our partners. We are literally embodying a partnership paradigm. And as you step more and more into the practices of polyamory, uh, you realize how different what we call quote unquote normal society is and how much we use domination and force in our society and we just consider that normal. Uh, it started to really shift for me, which makes it now even more uncomfortable to see, to experience personal places where I, either I dominate myself or um, there's domination in the people around me, or if I go to dominate my kids, for example, because that's the quote unquote parenting role, um, I'm really shifting everything. And then these books have been really instrumental in in my personal growth. And that's why we want to share them with our community and um, and hear from you on what you think about this. So please enjoy the conversation. Like I said, it goes straight into a quote that Kyle will start reading. So thank you again for joining us. Check us out on Patreon for more information. This is a quote from the book Nonviolent Communication written by Marshall Rosenberg. Most of us grew up speaking a language that encourages us to label, compare, demand, and pronounce judgments rather than to be aware of what we are feeling and needing. I believe life alienating communication is rooted in views of human nature that have exerted their influence for several centuries. These views stress humans innate evil and deficiency and a need for education to control our inherently undesirable nature. Such education often leaves us questioning whether there is something wrong with whatever feelings and needs we may be experiencing. We learn early to cut ourselves off from what's going on within ourselves. Life alienating communication both stems from and supports hierarchical or domination societies, where large populations are controlled by a small number of individuals to those individuals' own benefit. It would be in the interest of kings, czars, nobles, and so forth that the masses be educated in a way that renders them slave-like in mentality. The language of wrongness, should, and have to is perfectly suited for this purpose. The more people are trained to think in terms of moralistic judgments that imply wrongness and badness, the more they are being trained to look outside themselves, to outside authorities for the definition of what constitutes right, wrong, good, and bad. 
When we are in contact with our feelings and needs, we humans no longer make good slaves and underlings. Mm, good one. Really good one. I'm going to follow up that quote with a quote from a book I just read called The Power of Partnership by Rianne Eisler. And it goes along with this idea of domination. So she says, the problem is that the domination control model leads to imbalanced relations with ourselves, our planet, and those whom with we share the planet. Viewing our challenges from the perspective of partnership is the first step. By expanding our awareness and helping expand that of others, we begin the long journey home to the kind of society we need to survive and thrive. End quote. <laughs> I love this topic that we're going to dig into. Uh, you and I, Kyle, have been talking a lot about these concepts even before we found these books, Nonviolent Communication and the Power of Partnership. Um, but the idea of now we have language for it, which is domination paradigm and a partnership paradigm. So, And I feel like I've been working really hard to change my language. You know, I've been reading both these books as you have and and we've been kind of passing them back and mm -hmm. forth as I haven't we, started the nonviolent right. communication one yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean that, on you for that one. Right. You've been <laughs> hearing me talk about it, let's yes. say. And but I did finish The Power of Partnership. Mm -hmm. Right. So you you've read that book. And they they have all these crossover and totally. I think that's what we're we're discovering. And in many ways I think they both are laying out a very similar lens to our world as we are experiencing it individually. Mm -hmm. And that is what is being reflected collectively. And I think, you know, for me and you, Megan, like I've always come with, come from the bird's eye view, the big, the big picture of how things work and the systems. And I focus on a lot of the things outside of me. And I think when I met you, you know, three plus years ago, you were talking about, well, it's all about what's going on inside. And it's, you know, it's it's what we're experiencing and how we're relating to these things individually. And, and that was kind of what brought me a piece of the puzzle that I was missing, which was I was trying to understand the world around me, but I didn't have the focus and the power, you know, to focus internally. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, we will talk about, like, awareness and action. Those are two, I think, important pieces of, like, what is yours mm. and what can you do? And oh, my God. How can you be? I love, I love this conversation. I love where I think we're going to take it. Um, I, I found myself in this book, The Power of Partnership, because the self-love journey really, which started almost a year ago now, stemmed from this idea or feeling that it, for me to have good relationships with other people, I needed to have a good relationship with myself. And that goes even beyond where I was even when we met where I was studying systems thinking and I was like, okay, I feel like if we wanna make changes in our, at our, in our society at large, we have to start at the most fundamental level, which is our, in, our unique individual relationships. I just didn't realize that it was, you know, it was even more inside. It's like, how is the relationship with myself? And reading the book, I can't tell you how many times I was like, oh shit, I have so ingrained the domination model in myself. And how hard I've been working this last year. We all have. I mean, we all have. And right. I can't. There's no, there's no blame in there. It's just really awareness. Like yeah. you said, awareness and action. Awareness and action. Every time I, I become aware of even how I talk to myself. 
oh, I need to do this. I have to do this. Sure. I should do this, right? All of these now have little red flags like, beep, beep, beep. Megan, are you dominating yourself? <laughs> I remember Marty used to say, you know, we don't shit on anyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't shit on anyone. And that, yeah, that stuck with me as well. Yeah. We're, we're now putting the pieces together of where did that language come from and how was it, what are, what are the ramifications? What are the consequences of that language? Mm-hmm. Because that language is just a, peek into the paradigm that is our truly our society at this point it's still very much a domination society and language is what you know creates our relationships it, it creates our world yeah right right yeah, yeah. It, it creates it creates our own reality and then it creates the communication and the relationships that we have and i think there's so many breakdowns in both those two pieces of like our own reality and how we see it and then how we're communicating with each other. And I think going back to what I was starting to say before is I've been trying to change my own language because it's changing how I think. And when I say, oh, that's wrong or that's right. Uh-huh. And I've been on this journey recently to figure out what is a fact and what is, what is truth. <laughs> what is truth? Just that little question. What is truth? <laughs> what is a fact? What is misinformation? What is wrong? And, and what, what did I, you find, Kyle Henry? I mean, what about what I've realized in this has been what I've realized. Yeah. Fully me. Your truth. My truth is that nothing is 100% fact mm-hmm. and nothing is 0% impossible or false. Or mm-hmm. false. Yeah, there's no there's no true 100% truth and there's no 100% false. And I think that's um, something that's important because it leaves a lot of room in the middle. And a lot of place for uncertainty (laughs) and a lot of place for us to not feel safe because we're like, what the fuck is reality? (laughs) So what is truth? Tell me. And I think that that is where all of this comes into play because I think we're stepping into this. We're stepping into a new world. You know, we're going from this binary world of right, wrong, good, bad, um, you know, myself, the other into a world that is filled with shades of gray and and we have to figure out how to interpret that. How do, how do we move through that? And that's why, you know, we really are going from a paradigm of domination where it's like, okay, this is good and that's bad. This is right. This is wrong, you know, to a world where we're like, oh, well, what is it that you need? Okay. What is it that I need? And how do we make this work between us? And I think that is more the partnership model. And that's why I think all this conversation, although it's super heady and intellectual and I fucking love it so far, uh, (laughs) but it's really connected to the world of polyamory. I mean, I think it's connected to everyone, all individuals, because we all have internalized this within ourselves. We all are probably working towards a more loving relationship with ourselves. But if you're really going to open up a relationship and decide, okay, I'm going to leave the script of monogamy, you are heading into no person's land. (laughs) You are headed into, you've got to create your own script for hopefully partnership. And that's why these tools that we hope to bring, which are paradigms, their words, their concepts and ideas uh, between partnership and nonviolent communication, I think that it's super important and important as a skill set. And what I think what we're seeing in the last few years, especially in the world, is that there's a lot of awareness that's increasing on the planet. And the awareness, well, hold on. It's it's been a rough ride. Awareness can be difficult because it's information that we didn't know. It's new information that we, things we weren't seeing. They were there probably, but we didn't see them. So they're coming into our awareness and that's changing our reality. And there's, there's some pain there. There's some feelings there. There's a, lot of things, there's a lot of things that are happening, and 
one of the things that I've been feeling and thinking about, well, it's thinking, not feeling, actually. Mm -hmm. It's purely thinking. One of the things I've been thinking about is that racism, patriarchy, environmental destruction, these are all symptoms. These are not root causes, and these are not the places that we can actually solve. We can't blame men for patriarchy. We can't blame white people for for racism we can't blame uh everybody for environmental destruction i mean or humans like we have to somehow because blame again is is violent communication so like well you even said blame shame and guilt blame shame and guilt and i've been talking about that i think for for a while which you know a lot of these things we can pat ourselves on the back and it was like we realized how how toxic these things were we realized how problematic they were and whether you were doing it to yourself or others and I think just looking at these things as uh, symptoms and not root causes and saying I see that there is racism I'm not saying there isn't I'm Mm -hmm. saying there there is patriarchy Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there isn't there's definitely environmental destruction Mm -hmm. we see it on the beach when we walk down every day here in Costa Rica but when we look at the root and we look at what is happening here it is the domination that is occurring it mm-hmm. is the system and everyone's talking about well it's systemic racism or it's systemic this but it's it is a domination system and that puts that is an umbrella that encompasses everything and i think it's important to have that awareness because domination systems then we're all in it together mm-hmm. and there are some people that are on top of the domination system and there are people that are on the bottom but we're all in this together and we do have to figure out a partnership, a way to structure this that going forward. And, and, and it's not about politics. It's not about that. We all have to start with ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, taking back our power and, and then also in our relationships. And I think that's, you know, if I, if I look at you and, and, and I and our relationship, how have we made a more partnership style relationship than a domination one? And I think you know, what of course comes to mind right away is just being, having space for each other to feel our feelings, express our wants and needs, and even pursue that of saying, what do I want? I don't know. Well, I might try some things and will you support me in that? And what does that, you know, what does that look like? And I've, I think I've been nervous in the past for you to pursue wants and needs if you don't know what you want, because I don't know what where you're going I don't mm-hmm. know like it's 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 it was anxious anxiety um ridden for me because I was trying to well I don't know where my partner's headed here I don't like I'm it makes me nervous I, I don't know what the future holds it's unknown and I think as I've grown and and you know nurtured myself and grown my own security of like I trust myself I'm okay you know as a human sovereignty on my own but I, I trust in our relationship. I trust where it's going. I trust if you are healthy and you are fulfilling your needs and wants, whether it's with me or not, you know, that there's going to be something for us here. And, mm-hmm. and I trust in that. Um, yeah, I've, I've started to be more supportive of you having feelings, you having wants and needs. And I think I've had to have grown more in, in moving away from the domination, which is fear based mm-hmm. guilt based shame based shame based all towards, that yeah loving based supporting trusting yes well I mean that that does go hand in hand with the work that you've done with yourself I don't yeah. think you would be relating to the way to me 
the way that you are if you weren't relating to you the way that you are. Right. And vice versa. I feel like the same thing with me. I've gotten much more secure in who I am. And that's allowed me to have a more loving, secure relationship with you. And, and I feel like, and that's the work that I've been doing in the self-love journey as well, is really starting at that base level. And that's why I have to just pull um, the framework from Rianne's book, The Power of Partnership, because even reading the first few pages, I was like, oh my God, I hear myself in this. So she starts everything. She calls it the seven, um, seven relationships that will change your life. So here are the seven. One, your relationship with yourself, body, mind, and spirit, which I just laughed because I, I have that. I have heart added in there with the self-love journey, um, body, heart, mind, and spirit. But that's, that's it. It's like I've been working on that. So I feel like I've been really working on being a partner to myself, not dominating myself and catching myself when I do and forgiving myself when I do and then recommitting to a partnership with myself. Um, the second relationship are those intimate relationships. Third, work and community. Fourth, relationship with your national community. And this is why politics can matter. But I think more, the general society is we're trying to like fix politics before we start at the base level, which is why I think it doesn't work that way. Um, the fifth one in those seven relationships is your relationship with the international community. Sixth one, your relationship with nature. And seven, your spiritual relations. And I love that. So we'll see if we can get there. Uh, Rianne's book really does out outline a lot of really practical ways to make this come alive. And I like that she did that because sometimes you can read something and it's beautiful, but so theoretical. And for me, I really loved how she had in every chapter ways to practice uh, reforming, going from a dominator relationship in that area to a partnership relationship. Yeah. And the, you know, and to bring in the nonviolent communication aspect, there are there's a framework that has four parts, and part one is observation, and I think that's where everything goes wrong for most of us, myself included. Can you make an observation that is is based on actions that is not you diagnosing, interpreting, judging, and and blaming or or any of those th those things we talked about? Can you make an observation of someone's action? Oof, without going through that human with, filter of all of our wounds that are previously just, there and just all the of our action. insecurities. You, That's a tall order, yeah, Kyle Henry. You said this, you know, and quote, end mm -hmm. quote. Um, and then part two is, you said this, that made me feel whatever, sad, mad, whatever it is. Um, what I part three what do you need which we've mm. talked about in the past mm. connecting the feeling with the need what was your feeling part three is what do you need so you know I, I need I need to be seen I need to be heard I need you to respect me I need you whatever it is mm -hmm. I, I have a need that is connected to the feeling and that's there's a lot of work in part two and part three. <laughs> you make but, it seem so easy. Yeah, I mean part one is is very important. Mm -hmm. Part two and three is you know you may have to reflect before you're taking an observation to hey this is you know what I feel and this is these are the needs and there's there was a great quote I don't remember where I heard it but it was it was talking about the nuances of feelings and it was basically saying that the level of detail that we actually possess within our like feelings and our needs is so far beyond any of the the general feelings that we have anger mm. sadness 
fear. Like we have so many nuances in there because we are so complex as people. We have so different and unique experiences. So to be able to drill down into, well, I need this because of this and my experience and my past trauma or pain or fear, you know, to get into those needs really, I mean, it, it starts to drill down into some serious stuff it's and truth huge. of you, yeah. which starts to drive, you know, what Marshall Rosenberg is all about, which is about compassion because mm. it's not about me telling you, you know, I need this. It's like generating compassion by telling you why I'm feeling what, what I'm feeling and separating what he says, the stimuli, which is like whoever created the, you know, the, the action from what you're feeling. Yeah. And what I'm feeling is not your fault. It's not, that's when we also go into we collapse violence. That. Yeah. yeah, we collapse that. Say, I, you made me feel this way. Right. And part yeah. four of his four part framework is request. So obviously mm -hmm. once you, you have the action, you or, saw oh, observation. Right? Yeah, the oh, observation yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. of the action. Got it. Mm -hmm. The the feeling, the need. Now you've gotten a lot of information, and then you have a request. And I think, you know, that request is something that, of course, you have to be ready for a no. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you then enter back into the cycle <laughs> of, of you know, violence uh, through through language, through manipulation, through anger, through all these things. Of if you can't accept no as a request, you know. What, what, what are you putting this into? You're putting this into a, essentially a binary scenario. You, you're forcing someone to do something otherwise. And then it dominates again. Yeah, then you're back into domination. So I, I really like his framework. It's fairly simple in, in nature, very complicated and hard to practice. And I think I am starting to practice that. I first came across this months ago and I, I was trying it at first and found it very difficult and abandoned it. Six <laughs> months later, I'm back because I know how important it is and the world has gotten harder to deal with. Uh, and I want to deal with the world and I want to deal with people in a way that I feel is respectful, drives compassion and allows for both of us to express what we need. And I'm tired of fighting with people. Yeah. I'm tired of, I'm tired of that. And I'm tired of not being heard and not respected. And, mm. and I, I don't want to continue to do that because I, I am just as a part of all of this as everyone else. Like I, you know, I have been disrespectful of other people's needs. I've been disrespectful. I've been dominating. I've done all those things we, mm -hmm. and we've all done it. And I think that's kind of the, why the umbrella of domination is, is important is because we all have been the victim, the perpetrator, etc. Um, Within this system, and you can talk about racism, you can talk about patriarchy, we have different experiences, we have different positions, we have different identities within this, but domination puts us all in this together, and I think that's really important, because totally. we, have, we are in this together, whether we like it or not, and we need to be... to work together. We need some new skill sets, some, some new frameworks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is why I like this one. Hi, interrupting here, the podcast, just for a minute to invite anyone looking to deepen their understanding of partnerships. How do we move from a domination paradigm into a partnership paradigm, especially as it relates to parenting? So uh, through Patreon, we've opened up polyamorous parenting discussions. Holy cow, that's a lot of peas. Uh, for anyone interested in deepening and that, um, that experience and learning more from other polyamorous parents around the world. How are you doing it? How are you navigating not only being a parent, 
uh, but also with the challenge, challenges and benefits of polyamory. And my specific bend is how do we practice partnership with our kids? Uh, that is something that I'm looking to deepen my understanding on. So please join. I'm offering the times and dates are to be determined at this point, but will be offered at the $20 tier for patrons. And I will be offering um, the invitation is for you to join biweekly conversations, but I will be offering weekly conversations just to make sure that we've got enough opportunity for people to join the conversation. So that's it. Check out the link in Instagram, uh, or you can check out our website at amorypodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. And here you go back to the regular discussion. I mean, so much goes through my head. I know that I've seen you work on this. I've seen, I've seen your language change. I've seen the way that you and I talk and the questions that you ask me and the way that we work things through has gotten a lot easier uh, or harder in some ways. Sometimes when you ask me things, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't even know the answer to that. Because although uh, Marshall Rosenberg's framework is easy, even asking yourself, how do I feel right now? You need to be safe with yourself. I need to be safe with myself to, in order to consciously acknowledge how it is that I feel in the moment. Yeah. And then understanding what is that connected to? And this is, this is the work I know I've been doing with these now eight groups of women and people that go, have gone through the self-love program. And in the beginning, my first self-love program, I started with, what do you need and want? And I feel like I overwhelmed the first group. It was like, oh God, oh God, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so I realized I shifted and changed. And now I bring that up you know, halfway through after we lay some other foundation because it was, it was too much, it was too daunting. And even for me, it's, it, it can be challenging to go through and, and understand that because I think we also dominate ourselves. And there's so many times I've dominated myself to say, well, I can't need this, I shouldn't want this. You know, that first quote that you said where it wasn't safe, it's like my own internal feelings, how I feel and what I want, it, if those aren't safe, there's no way I'm gonna allow that to come up for me, let alone for you. Right. Yeah. So. I experienced the both I feel like the dominator society and the partnership society back to back when we were in Austin. So I'm going to share with our listeners that experience because it was super profound to me. Um, and I hold space for if this brings up anything for anyone. Um, I, I will just say I'm sharing my truth in this. Um, you and I, Kyle, were, were like, oh, well, there's a bunch of music going, you know, happening and we're downtown Austin, so let's go. We'll listen to some live music, which was kind of a cool idea. But we got down there and I was already overwhelmed with the amount of music and I haven't been around bars in a long time and it was already a little overwhelming for me. But we found a good place um, that was kind of like jazz-ish music. It was kind of fun. But right when we walked in, there was a group of drunk guys that also walked in. And I was aware of it. I think you were aware of it as mm -hmm. well. Um, I, I wasn't drinking. I got a club soda, sat down. You and I sat down kind of away from that interaction. It wasn't a very crowded bar. Um, but I found myself really drawn into the interaction of that group, specifically one man. It, he looked extremely drunk. And the way that he was interacting with other other people and specifically females and specifically one female and I this is my story again I like understand that my human lens and the way that I have to tell this is a narrative observation it's my observations I will share what I saw and then I will share what I felt what I saw was a drunk guy trying to hit on a woman and a woman like in the beginning dancing with him and laughing and then she sat down and he was 
very assertive, I will call it aggressive, and tried to kiss her, and she moved away, still smiling, laughing, trying to talk to her friends. And this is over the course of maybe 10, 20 minutes. And then I look back again. And for me, the most uh, impactful image or my observation of that was him trying, she was sitting down and he's trying to grope her. He's trying to reach his hand toward, toward her private. And I can't like say the word, I don't know what word to call it there, but like, (laughs) so she's taking both of her hands and pushing his hand away and still with a smile on her face. And I, my feeling inside was of disgust and rage and anger and frustration and meanwhile, I'm, I'm sitting here watching because she's got friends and I can see her. The guy's kind of like another guy that's there try to intercept and eventually they left. So I didn't intervene. Um, I felt, though, we walked out of the bar. I was like, I need to go. And I, I didn't know how overwhelmed my nervous system was, but it was extremely overwhelmed. And as we started walking back, I was like, Kyle, I can't. I can't go anywhere else. I'm, I'm like at the verge of a breakdown right now. And we started walking back and I just cried and we got back to our hotel room and I cried and I realized I was crying for all of the moments that I felt dominated and all of the moments. And I, and I'm luckily knock on wood. I don't, I've never really consciously processed any of that because I, I, I told myself the story that nothing had ever happened to me. You know, I told myself the story that because I'd never been raped, you know, only groped or only guys slapping my butt or only guys trying to kiss me that I I was one of the lucky ones, you know, and I don't think I even gave myself room to consciously process what what this did to me, to my nervous system to not feel safe. Um, and, And so I just cried and cried and cried and you held this beautiful space for me. And it was amazing. And you and I had a healing moment there, too, because I think you were processing some of your old early 20 year old self actions as well sure mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean I think as a as a man in these situations now where I am today I I ask myself can I intervene or can I is it my responsibility what, what can I do mm-hmm. and I think that's where the hard part is for me and the struggle is for me and you know I, I think part of that is why I want to do more men's work why Mm -hmm. I want to make space not just for the beautiful polyamorous open relating men that I get to hang out with but also for the men that are really angry that are Mm -hmm. really struggling that are you know are are the ones that um may, may be the ones that cause a lot of these problems specifically and I think um it's it's I think reflecting on the the past version of me you know, as men, there's no excuse for any behavior. There's also a, a reality of our identity and our value being fused into sexual conquest. Mm. And I think conquest being the word, yeah. sexual conquest, mm-hmm. sexual whatever you want to call it. And and I think that was something that, of course, never felt right to me. But I also was in these environments where it was where it was the type of behavior that was not only normal but you were you were like docked in in your social status if you weren't assertive with women if you didn't get mm. numbers if you didn't get anything um so i'm i've been on the other side unfortunately yeah. of that and and i can't say that i've been that guy doing that type of thing 
Um, and it's just never been my, it's just never, I I was never, I was never good on hitting on people (laughs) in bars or, you know, or in general, I've been always more of a shy person, but, um, yeah, I've been in uncomfortable situations and I've seen things, uh, in, in groups of men that I've been friends with. And I think it, it's, it kind of brought me back to like, well, should I have done something more? Should I, what, what, you know, what should is obviously the word I should be using what can we do what, yeah what what is um yeah but i think that that's why we're having this conversation right, right. because it's more than just that one man and that one woman in the bar right it's of like course. what is the context in which this sets up as normal yeah. you know what why so why do we drink so much why do we need that outlet why do we act the way that we act? And even for me, I had to go through and forgive myself and all of those tears because I totally played the game. I played the game of like, oh, maybe if I flirt a little bit, he'll buy me a drink, you know? And sure. then maybe I flirt and I flirt and I flirt, but I don't really have intentions. And then he makes a move on me that, that is too much and past a boundary. And then I blame myself because that's, that was what I ingrained from those interactions. Yeah. You know, this self-blame, self-hatred for, well, if I didn't, if I, if I hadn't expressed any interest at all, he wouldn't have even tried to grab me. And that's, but that, that to me, again, is, it like brings up disgust in my system. And I think I needed to go through and realize I had ingrained the domination society just as much because in, with women, we don't necessarily dominate, we manipulate. And it is, it is a different way of dominating. Um, and so that lives within me too. So it's not only, this is why Cartman's drama triangle is really helpful to see that we have the, the victim, the perpetrator and the rescuer and how we can be any one of those roles. And all of that is not empowering. So yeah. where we are shifting to is an empowered partnership model. And I have to tell the story of being in Austin, going to the ecstatic dance in the morning. So picture this, we wake up in the- The, the happy ending. Happy life, ending. This sure. is like an ecstatic ending for sure. Uh, we wake up, I still have puffy eyes from having cried the night before, but I'm like, okay, we are going to ecstatic dance and that is my jam. So I will forever thank our friends now, um, Brittany, Connor, and Bridget for inviting us to this beautiful ecstatic dance. And if you don't know what that is, I think it's funny that we just call it ecstatic dance. It's basically going into any kind of space, public or private. In this case, it was a public park. Um, during the day, it was the morning, 10 a.m., and people are dancing and sober. Yeah. And so that's kind of the agreement. You go in there and you're like, we want to dance. And I, I love it. From the very first interaction, he first asks us how, many, how much we want to pay. It's like a donation model where you can choose what you pay, which is beautiful. And then he asks us, what color bracelet would you like? This purple colored bracelet Uh, Well, first, I think it was the yellow color bracelet means that you are willing to dance with people, but you still kind of you still want your space. And the purple color bracelet is please stay six feet away from me or more because I want my own private space. And then if you're not wearing a bracelet, it's invitation for people to come up with you and they can dance. Um, However, and then they did a public announcement to say these are kind of the rules that we engage in. We don't talk while while we're dancing, but if you want to dance with someone, please look at them in the eye. Please get that agreement that you can dance together, and and then that's the space. So this is is consensual. This is partnership from the get-go. We are not dealing with any different substances. We are dealing with consent from the get-go. And can you imagine if you walk into bars that's, you know, can you imagine that? Which is like... Hey, so if you would like people to interact with you, you know, here's this colored bracelet. If you don't want to interact or whatever it is, here's these. So we have these signals, these ways to say, this is how much, this is what I consent to. 
because even people coming into our space can be very dominating if we're not ready for it or or consensual with it. And there was one thing that I I feel like I didn't say about the the previous you know bar experience, which was about entitlement. And I think as men, wherever it comes from, I'm not going to analyze that. There is an aspect of entitlement, entitlement to space, entitlement to a woman's body, to to women in general, and to domination in that way. And I think that's part of what consent is a really good medicine for, is it changes the energy of entitlement. Mm -hmm. No one is entitled to anyone else's space, and that was set from the beginning in this, you know, in this partnership, essentially, uh, experience that we created. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think also there was a piece from my angle that I think I was, I was starting to work through, and we've been you know, experiencing more open energy for me and you, which is like, we are practicing more openness, openness of what, you know, what does this outside of our relationship look like? And what are, what are different relationships look like? And what is a, what is a connection? What is attraction um, on different levels with different people? And I, you know, I felt like my presence with you at the ecstatic dance was like, I balanced it in a good way where I was near you. I had fun with you. I had the interactions with you that that felt good and then i also made space for you to also experience other people men or women mm -hmm. um you know fr friendships and connections and attractions and things like that and i think i noticed that there was you know of course men that were attracted to you and spending time around you and i i had a decision to make do i set myself into this space and kind of just by being there with my presence, do I claim this person, mm. this space, just by my presence? Or do I make space? Do I allow? Do I, yeah, am I open? And I, yeah, I felt like I did a good job to yeah. create that and also support it. And like letting you know that I'm there because I don't want you to also, I don't want to be avoiding you or, you know, in that. Like I wanted you to know I'm there and, and everything is good. But there's a there's a space for other people to come in here and, and experience you, which, yeah, I, I was working on that. That's beautiful. Guess. I didn't know that. Yeah, we yeah. didn't even talk about that afterwards. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Uh, you're so cute. Yeah. I mean, I did notice it, and it was perfect. It was like a perfect mix for me because when I dance, I'm really in my own space. It was yeah. probably eighty percent me in my own space, mm -hmm. and the other twenty just even looking up and connecting and smiling with other people, and then dancing a little bit with our friends and yeah. just feeling it. I mean, I love it. I love that feeling, and that's why it's called ecstatic dance because you get your own mojo going and I'm sure that there's nice endorphins that get released and um, that really does feel so beautiful but that that space and I cried ah here were the happy tears mm -hmm. so the night before was sad tears of all of that feeling pro just processing all of that junk all of that shit <laughs> all of all of the feelings that I had around the domination society I mean now I have words for it uh, but then this one was like, ah, oh, look at how free this is. And some, some people were going topless, like some women were topless and there was space for that. And it was safe. Like how beautifully safe is that? Yeah. And it felt, it felt amazing. Amazing. Austin, and it was, Austin in general felt like a really safe place. And, and that was, you know, in part to a lot of safe men, but also women, I think that were really taking and owning their power in a yeah. beautiful way that I haven't seen not in the U.S. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It was such a great community, and I think yeah. that there are communities like that all over the all over the world. Truly, sure. 
And it's, it's within our own power to set up these communities of partnership, these communities where we are consensual with each other, where we are working on nonviolent communication, where we are conscious and aware of our own needs and being able to act from that space. Yeah. So it's just a conversation that I know you and I are so committed to. So, and I feel like this is just the beginning. Uh, we've been talking about this already for years, two years now, more or less, on, on Emory Podcast. But I feel like we're, we're really digging into an area that's um, really profound, I think, for both of us to bring into the world more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. You want to go along for the ride, listeners? Uh, we are going to try something new and going to invite you to join us in a book club. So we will post in the show notes um, of this the two books that we, that we referenced. And if you'd like to read these with us, we will schedule um, a call. Yeah, however that looks. I don't know if it will just be for patrons, if it will be open, whatever that looks like. We definitely want some level of commitment to the conversation so uh, come learn with us. Come learn and share with us and expand the conversation and tell us what you think and how this, this concept of the domination model or the partnership model, how does it start to change your world? I'm so interested. Yeah, and I think I'm working on more of, of these you know, new types of relationships in my life. And I'm working a lot on not blaming people and not judging. Uh, I feel like I've been talking about that too in different contexts, but... I feel like the more that we circle around these things, you know, we've been working on the, the feelings and the wants and needs, and now we're like putting in, oh, there's this whole language component, there's this whole systemic component where we're all, we've all grown up in these systems, and we have to have some compassion for each other, because mm. whether it's mm -hmm. the drunk guy in the bar, or, you know, the beautiful um, people that we saw at the ecstatic dance, we've all grown up in the same places, mm -hmm. uh, in the same systems, and of course, different different environments but the same system and different contexts but I will that, add that, I have no blame or shame for the drunk guy in the bar I don't view the the woman right. that he was interacting with as a victim you know that's that's not there for me it's not present it was just a microcosm of the the world I think that looks one way and I think I'm committed to creating places of healing so that so that we don't create those environments anymore yeah and I I want to do my part which is is making more space for more men and and beginning my journey which i feel like i've started with you know the the open relationship men that i've gotten to work with and connect with and i got to see in the u.s and so many great guys that mm. um yeah it's it's been really healing for me as well i mean i even here in costa rica i've been meeting more men that uh that are not even in open relationships that are just more accepting of me and who I am. And I think it's been really, really nice to have healthier um, relationships with men. And, and that's just kind of been something that's been blossoming for me this year. Mm, I love that. And I think if we extend that out, um, just like in Rianne's book, we get to a partnership with our world and with nature, with Mother Nature. And I think that as we, each one of us works on these, these domination to partnership um, experiences within ourselves, I think that that will little by little shift the way that we're interacting with each other and then as larger societies and then with our planet Earth every day. And I see that. I see that shifting here in the way, especially in Costa Rica, in the way that people interact with, the, with, the, with nature. Yeah, much more symbiotic relationship. It feels great. Yeah. 
So have we wrapped it? Is that it? I think so. <laughs> ah, this was fun. <laughs> thanks for listening. And let us know if you want to join us in the conversation. All right. Thanks Love for listening. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Amory. Giving us your time and attention means so much to us, so we thank you. Uh, If you did enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it. You can share it with people you know or give us a shout-out on social media. We love that. Remember, we've got access to a full online course, Transforming Jealousy at Pay What You Want. And we always love people joining our Amory community as a patron. So if you've received value from this podcast or our podcast over the last two years, please consider joining us. Um, Your small donations to Amory go a long way in making us capable of continuing to produce these episodes and sharing our learnings, um, which we love to do, as you know. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. We love you. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.